Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is Greg Olson, and I'm thrilled to introduce my new podcast, TE1. TE1 will chronicle a 60-year evolution of the tight end position, from its origins as an obscure, overlooked blocking role to the versatile superstar position that it is today. I'll explore the evolution of the position through conversations with some of the all-time game-changing tight ends. And just like the incredible tight ends we sit down with on my new show, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. This truck is all about grit, strength, and dependability. The same attributes it takes to be a tight end. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Boys of 161st Street. Thank you for joining. We are looking a little bit like the uh, Baltimore Orioles out there, but there's still hope. I think that we still got a couple more games left to turn this thing around, but uh, let's get into it. You know, let's let's talk a little bit about Yanks, how we can turn the season around and, um, you know, get into it. Let's do it. We are uh, we're watching some Yankees baseball right now, so if we tend to yell during this podcast, please advise and uh, you know help us help us get through this tough time right now. Murph, how are we feeling right now? Not great, <clears throat> not great at all. As you said, we're watching, and uh, Toronto just tied it. So by the time anybody's listening <laughs> to this, we'll know the outcome, or you'll know the outcome, but. You know, bear with us as tough, we're watching the last tough to watch. Game. Tough to watch and try and talk about hopefulness of the Yankees season as we're watching the season literally fall in front of our eyes right now. But we got some stuff to talk about. We we went to Baltimore and, and tried to try to win a few games, which we thought going into that that series that it was going to be a automatic couple wins. We were looking at the schedule coming up. We had. Baltimore, we have the Blue Jays, we have the Red Sox, Miami, Miami coming up, and everyone was like, we're okay, we're going to win these games, not a big deal, we can get through this, and to be honest, I'm I'm a little worried, I'm not going to lie, it's not, I, I try and be hopeful all the time, I'm an optimistic person for the most part, but this team right now, if we continue to play this way, we are we're not going to win a World Series, and we need to make some adjustments for sure. We need a couple of players to, to come out and be the key players that we need to to be to you know win actual ball games. It's as simple as that. It, it is. And uh, well, the last time that I recorded, I, I missed the last episode. The last time I recorded, uh, Luke asked where our panic meters were at, and I was saying, you know, this was during the race series, and I'm like, you know. The Rays are one thing. I'm okay with not beating the Rays as long as we turn around and beat these other teams. And then since we only won one game against the Orioles, and now here we are, you know, 
in a six six game with Toronto. So here's here's these were supposed to be the big turnaround games and they haven't been. So now my panic meter is way beyond what it was last week. Yeah, I think once when we dropped down to third place below the Blue Jays the last few days, that was a big that sucked. That was a big, you know, turning point in our panic meter. We went from not being yeah. worried at all to oh shit, we might not make the wild card spot in the playoffs, which is which is crazy to even say. That was the first time I ever said that out of my yeah. my mouth before and just it seems so weird. But it's the reality, and that's the shitty reality. I think that, you know, I saw a a playoff prediction bracket. If the playoff, if the season ended today, and we were going to go into the playoffs, we would face the Rays. We would be the eighth seed. The Rays would be the one seed, and that petrifies me. If we were going yeah, to end the season today series. and and play that, we're not winning. No, nope. we're we that's are not winning sure. that game. And there's a lot of people to, to blame for this. I think you can blame the coaching staff. You can blame the, the pitching staff. You can blame people not playing to par. But at the end of the day, the biggest thing that we see that we're not doing is hitting the fucking baseball. Yeah, it, it's funny because I was sitting actually in class before we started recording this and I'm watching on the ESPN, you know, like the game cast. I get into the actual game up. I'm looking at the game cast and it shows, you know, all these stats and whatever on the side. And I was just thinking in my own head, like, wow, we really rely on the long ball way too much because at this point it was three to two and it was, you know, or I'm sorry, it was, well, actually the first three runs were all home runs, but it was two, two and it was two home runs. And then Andahar goes yard and I'm like, yeah, great. You know, Voigt goes yard, Hicks goes yard, Andahar goes yard. Great. But nobody's on solo shots. The pitchers are even taught. You can overcome the solo shot. Yeah. Halfway through the class, Frazier hits the double scores too. And it kind of ate what I was planning on saying on this podcast anyway, but it still rings true where generally we're relying on the long ball and we can't hit situationally at all. We do. We do. And to ease everyone's mind a little bit, I know we came off this episode a little bit hot about saying we're not going to make the playoffs. We're, we're in trouble, all this kind of stuff. And for all you people who are statistic people out there who want to judge everything by the numbers and we're looking at fan graphs and we have a 92% chance of making the playoffs right now. And the Blue Jays have an 84% chance. I don't know how the hell is even possible given that they're ahead of us, but that's the way it works. And if we're looking at it as a we're Yankees fans, we're watching this game all the time, that makes zero sense to me. I am not 90% confident that we're making the playoffs right now watching the game, which watching these games and seeing how these guys are playing. I'm just I'm just not. And I want to be confident. I want to be out there encouraging people that we're going to be okay. And it's tough just because we are we're not capitalizing on opportunities we're not hitting the baseball well our pitching has been subpar injuries continue to be a problem but again i say all this to say that it sucks right now but there is some sort of hope on the horizon if we do get it together but it needs to come together in these next few games and i i hate keep i hate to keep saying that oh the next few games when i'm really gonna turn it around i hate saying that because i feel like i've been saying that for three weeks right now, mm-hmm. but we, we need to turn together right now as we're watching an, us blow another lead, but we need to turn, turn it around yesterday. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And a lot of that I think comes from the idea behind the dugout. I saw a lot of stuff on Twitter this week where, you know, we're missing CC, we're missing DD, those locker room presences that really helped us out in the past few years. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. Um, not that we should, 
take DD back or pull CC out of retirement, obviously that's not going to fix the problem. But especially with Judge out of the lineup, there's not really that same kind of, all right, let's go pick it up tomorrow. There's no team meetings like we've been talking yeah. about needing to see on Twitter as well. Like that, that kind of stuff's not happening. I think that's why the skid's been so prolonged when in years past it's been, all right, we skid and then we're right back up and right back in it for the last few years. And this is, you know, the coldest stretch of Yankee baseball I've seen in the last few years. Yeah. And we had a great, we had a great response from the DMS about people talking about Andujar and, and Romine come came up a little bit and we'll get into that a little bit later when we, we play the voicemails and we read about the DMS, but for right now, let's, let's get into a little bit of the awards because I know we go over all the goods, the bads, the, the, the debates and all that kind of stuff, but there is not a lot of good going on. I think that we give the belt out every week and it's to the same three, four people. It's DJ LeMayhew. It's Luke Voigt. It's Clint Frazier. That's about it. Where, where are we going to give these awards out to people who are producing more for this team? We, I'm looking for more people, people to give it to. People, one, one person does something right, and I want to boast about them. I want to talk about them. I want to give them the glory that they deserve, and it's so hard because I always get pulled down the next day when they shit the bed or something like that. But So I, I think that the belt this week goes to the same guys who have been consistent. And Murphy, do you, if you disagree at all, let me know. But for, for right now, I, I don't know anyone else who I could, I could give that award to because it's just been a consistent three, four players who are producing for this offense. And I'm really not confident in giving any pitchers this award either because they've all been subpar. I think there are two people that you could argue the award, the belt would go to. Um, I think we're going to end up talking about them later. So I'll, I'll be brief here with that. But um, I think if you're going to give it to any pitcher, it's Jonathan Holder. He's the, Thank you. I gave him credit last last week and everyone gave me shit about that. I'm glad somebody did because I've been trying to give him credit for a few episodes and it seems, you know, that it's been the small sample size. He'll fall apart. Pitched really well today, even. Um, I think Holder is the the only one of the only bright spots in the bullpen. You want to hear hear something crazy right now? He's I I gave I gave the my rounding third last week. I don't know if you weren't only listened to that, but the rounding third last week I gave to him was that he was going to be a our top three, even top two out of the bullpen by the end of the, by the playoff coming. And again, it's a rounding third. So it's a, it's a controversial topic. Yeah, definitely and, a hot take, but I see where you're coming from on it because, yeah. you know, it's not that he couldn't do that. He's putting up really, really good numbers this year and the rest of the bullpen isn't. So listen, by he, that stance, yeah. he has as good of a sample size as anybody. He's pitched 12 games so far. And then you have mm-hmm. Chad Green pitching 15 and Zach Britton pitching 13 right after that. He is the lowest ERA out of, out of all those guys right there. And yeah, those, those, those are some big-name guys. Just above a 2, like a 220, 230 ERA. And, um, you know, he, he's just looking really, really good. Um, and the confidence thing, like when last year when Holder's in the bullpen, I'm like, oh, God, here we go again. Same thing with, like, um, you know, the David Hales of the world. Like, I put him in that lump category, Louis Sessa, those guys. And now this year – um, he's obviously still coming in in the middle of the game. That's where he's comfortable when he comes in those middle innings. Like today, yeah. I think he came in in the fourth or the fifth. But I'm confident seeing him come in in the fourth or the fifth. I'm not rolling my eyes saying, here we go again. Yeah. Now I roll my eyes when Nick Nelson comes in. So he's kind of going up the totem pole in the bullpen, and he's pitching really, really well. Yeah, the thing you can argue is that he's not put in these as high leverage situations as a Chad Green is put into or, or an sure. Ottavino, Chapman, Britain as well. You can argue that, that he's not put into these high leverage situations, but 
you can't argue the numbers if he he's actually doing well. He's pitching. Yeah. He's pitching well, and it it's crazy because he's one of those guys who we've we've shit on for a long time because he's just been a pretty bad pitcher for the longest yeah, time. He's, the Yankees. You know, five ERA. Yeah, but the thing is, he's he's a young guy. People people yeah. forget he's a very young guy with a lot of potential. And I know it's again we talk about it all the time, but it's a small sample size. But this season, in a season of all seasons where everyone's doing poorly. He's been one of the few guys to actually produce to some some level where we can kind of rely on him. And nowadays, that's kind of that's kind of a relieving thing that I I take assurance to and I want I want to boast about. Absolutely. The yeah. only other guy that I mentioned that's out of the usual that could maybe get in a, the uh, the belt. I think he maybe next week he gets it. Is Andahar? He's starting to figure it out a little bit. The plate. He got the monkey off his back with the home run last week, and his average was down. And like last time I checked, it was like point eight. Yeah. When he was down in the alternate site, now he's got it up into the two hundreds at least. I'm. He's got to be hitting like four hundred in the last week or two. Yeah. So um, he he's getting over that hump, and he's and we need him obviously. I mean, Gio's out. It's his time to kind of reaffirm Yankees fans that he belongs on the roster. Yeah, one hundred percent. And Miguel and Duhar. Again, incredible small sample size, but to give you some perspective, he was hitting what a buck twenty when he, before he got sent down. Something ridiculous like that. Something terrible. Something yeah. probably below one twenty. He's mm-hmm. now hitting two twenty, and that's after what three games, four games that he's been brought up. That's a hundred point jump. That's nothing to kind of. That's nothing to just push away, and. Yeah. That kind of brings me into. I'll, I'll talk about my, my first personal award because that's a nice transition. We're talking about Miguel and Duhar, but my first personal award was "We Need You Now More Than Ever" award, and that's really to Miguel and Duhar because I need people to get hot, and my biggest fear is that Luke Voigt, Clint Frazier. I'm not gonna say Lemayhu because Lemayhu's a machine, and I I am 100% confident that as long as he's in the lineup, he's gonna be hitting the ball. But guys like Clint Frazier and guys like Luke Voigt, I've been waiting for them to kind of slow down a little bit, and they haven't to an extent. But they're still producing to a level where they are the only people in the offense that are actually producing runs or being part of runs and getting on base and that kind of stuff. And I, I need more people to be that that guy to fill in a different role. And if Miguel and Duar can get hot, that that's a huge bat that everyone underestimates because everyone forgets that he was the rookie of the year in the entire MLB and 100% the Yankee organization two years ago. Absolutely. It's funny because I chuckled when you said the need you now more than ever award because that was the name of my award. <laughs> But no, it wasn't. Andujar. I swear to God, it no, was, it was wasn't. I just said we need you, not oh. we need you now more than ever. It was, it was, but same thing, but uh, for Judge. Judge. Because uh, as I mentioned earlier with the locker room presence, missing Didi and, and CC, I was going to tie that in, but we need his. He's the locker room guy. He, we've had, yeah. been debating about him being a captain. Um, I think we're still going to continue to struggle until he's back in the lineup. We need some kind of a spark like that, and I think it's going to come from him. So that was my, I guess, award. Um Anyway, but yeah, funny, and, it was pretty much the same. Thing. Yeah, but it, it's but the thing about that though, it just shows how relevant a couple other people actually producing does for this Yankees offense. Absolutely, like we have a couple people producing runs, but 
my my award last week was my back hurts award, and that was to Luke Voigt because yeah. he he is literally carrying this team. And then you had Clint Frazier come up, and he's helping out as well. And then Lemayhew is just Lemayhew, and he's an absolute animal, and he's yeah. obviously going to produce runs and get and get hits. But we need other people to be in that lineup to actually make me feel confident that we're gonna we're gonna get hits. And it's not. Again, this isn't this is we're not, we're not saying this because a few games happened and we're not hitting well. This has been the entire season. Yeah, no, you're right. And, and I'm you know a, what it is, you know what we miss? It's that DJ is always there at the top, right? He's always gonna get hits. And we found ourselves at the beginning of this year thinking that Andahar or Geo or you know, maybe Gardner or Frazier, if he's up, somebody like that is gonna be hitting in an eight-nine hole. But now we have Estrada hitting in the, the uh, nine hole who can't get on base. We have Guardi at the eight hole who can't get on base. So then DJ gets on, and then Judge isn't yep. hitting two. Yep, that's a great. We point. need that. And take you know, a, take a look at those hitting two. He's hitting great, but still. Yeah, and take a look at those guys who just mentioned who are supposed to be in that eight hole. Estrada, batting one ninety four. Gardner batting one eighty. Then you Higgy. have yeah Higgy. Um, Today. Yeah, and then you have well, what's what's Higashi Osha batting? Uh, he's batting two thirty four. Yeah, but again, small, incredibly small sample size. Then you have Tyler Wade also been put in those situations one fifty eight. Yeah, the the these numbers are not gonna set up the rest of the team to be successful, and they're not even getting on base. Yeah, you you need well, that's these why I guys. Think Hicks is so important because he's. Uh, we're relying on the long ball, right? We're a home run hitting team. Yeah. But in order for a home run hitting team to succeed, you need people on base. So these, they're not solo shots, you know, they're two or three run home runs. And that's where, you know, Hicks walks every other time he's at the plate. Yeah. DJ LeMay, who's always on. So when you go through two, three, four, there's people on base, but now the whole, you know, seven through nine, even almost six through nine hitting under two fifty, not getting on base. So when you do get to the top, they're solo home runs. Yeah. And, and that's why I keep saying, you know, you need, we need more of these impact guys to get hot. Aaron Hicks and Duhar, judge, judge to just get back, right? And then, like, those are the guys, Glaber Torres. These are the guys who are the supposed to be impact players. Gary Sanchez, who I have no hope for anymore, but we'll get into that a little bit later. These are the guys who we need to really come out and fucking hit the ball and support our, our pitching, Right. We we can we, we can talk all day about how bad our pitching is, but you gotta score to win, and we haven't been scoring to win, right? Yeah, especially against teams like the Orioles. They had a rookie pitcher the other. I think yesterday, right? Yesterday they had a rookie pitcher. We yeah. got, got one run on him. Not gonna, not gonna. I mean, we had six tonight, sure, but as of right now, as of the bottom of the sixth, we've given up eight. So it's a combination of both. It's one is on and the other, and it's not. It's never firing on all cylinders. At least within the past two weeks or so. I mean, take a look at the game where um, Debbie Garcia pitched, and I'll even say the other game, too, where, where Garrett Cole pitched, right? Let's take a look at the Garrett Cole game first. I think he pitched, what, six innings, five innings, and he didn't let up any runs until that last inning. No. He, he was pitching a shutout game until, until that last inning. Oh, God. And we're, what, we're waiting five innings to score a run? And we're trying to support a franchise pitcher who was Garrett Cole, who was supposed to be this amazing guy, which he, he's shown to be. 
and we're just not producing any runs for him. We 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 can't be doing that. And we can blame these we can blame these pitchers all we want. And yes, it is their fault, but it's also the hitter's fault too. And it's just easier to blame pitchers because they're the ones that are actually giving up the runs. Speaking of runs. <laughs> uh, speaking of runs, Kenley Jansen just hit a grand slam, make it 12-6. So completely contradicts everything I just said. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of giggling to myself as I got that alert. I didn't, I didn't want to cut you off or anything, but oh my goodness. Anyway, it's still relevant. It's still irrelevant. Yeah, it's, well, that's the thing. That's why, that's why it's so bad. It's because, you know, you got a guy like Adovino giving up six runs in an outing. Like, come on. And then we also can't hit. Yeah, but again, this like, is one of, we should we should be able to score six runs and win a game easily. Yes, a hundred percent. Especially when you're up six to two when the bullpen comes in. But even because, just even just watching you know, that last, even just watching that last inning with Ottavino, he was in there for way too long. He was not looking good whatsoever. And if I can see that from the TV with my baseball knowledge, how the hell can Aaron Boone not see that with his baseball knowledge sitting two feet away from the guy? That's what I don't get. But that's a whole different fucking story. You know, it's funny. It was, you know, two weeks ago we were talking, two, three weeks ago we were talking about how Aaron Boone's mismanaging games by not bringing in the good relievers. <laughs> the Chad Greens of the world, the Britons when he was healthy, the uh, Adovinos, and guess who just blew the game? Yeah. and Green and Adovino. And now, it doesn't make any sense. Now I'm just yelling at anyone who wants to listen because I don't know who to blame <laughs> anymore. <laughs> I don't know. That's the thing. You don't. And it's, and it's so frustrating to watch because, you know, last couple of years and the beginning of this year, you're expecting to win games. You're expecting to beat the Blue Jays two out of three games. You're expecting to probably sweep the Orioles. And now going to the Orioles series, I'm like, oh, if we can get two out of here, we'll be okay. Yeah. And looking looking back on it, I'm lo- I'm thinking about the past things I've said, and I've been shitting on Boone for so long. And don't get me wrong, he's made some terrible decisions. Yeah. But I mean, who's who's to blame right now? I'm I'm looking at. The the hitters, I'm looking at the pitchers, they're both playing like shit. This whole team's a joke right now. I don't I don't know who to blame right now. It, it's it's boggling my mind. I really don't know who to yell at. I'm just yelling at whoever wants to fucking listen. And if everyone, oh, if, I feel like every Yankee fan in the world is feeling the exact same way. Yankees like, fans get such a rap for you know being so hard on a guy. As soon as something you know moderately goes wrong, they they you know turn their backs on a player or manager or whatnot. But this, I think, any team. That with this high of expectations that's performing like this, I don't know a single fan that would be even remotely optimistic at this point. Yeah. I'm trying to be. I'm trying but, to be, and I'm, I'm trying to be the the voice of reason for some people to to come and listen to and feel optimistic about it, and it's tough watching a game right now when we're down 12-6. Hopefully it stays that way. Hopefully it doesn't stay that way. Sorry. But it, it's, you know, I'm yelling at the wall to try and, to try and fix this. But anyway... And I know, I know. We're on the on the well, last bad thing we'll talk about for the time being, but I want to give away the uh, the Kevin the Kevin Malone Award, who should go with the whole team. But uh, let's give away the Kevin Malone Award. No arms or legs is basically how you exist right now, Kevin. You don't do anything. No arms or legs, basically the entire Yankees lineup. But the one person that came to my mind this week was, you know, I've been giving this award out. For the past couple weeks, and I feel like I've been giving it to a couple people who are the same. So I want to change it up. Last week, I gave it to Mike Talkman because he was underperforming. But this week, I'm giving it to uh, Mike Ford. And Mike Ford is just, it's disappointing to say the least. 
he was so he was he felt so promising in the beginning of the season because he really was a big lefty bat in the lineup who was producing and I was confident when he was batting third in the lineup and yep. I was like shit we got Mike Ford big lefty bat righty dominant lineup he's the guy who's going to break it up and and help us help us out he he's been getting on base hitting his line drives sees the ball well nope now he's not doing well whatsoever. He's he's batting 145, I think, right now. Been, we put out that poll in the beginning of the season, Mike Ford versus Luke Voigt. And, and you know, I'm, it was like fifty five percent Luke Voigt. Yeah. And, and which, you know, is a credit to what people's expectations for Mike Ford were. And he's not producing either. Yeah. And he's just been a guy who's been always too good for the minor leagues and not good enough for the MLB. And I really had <laughs> hope for him to come out and be an MLB ready player. Maybe it's just the 2020 bug that no one can hit. I think that's what it is. You think that's what it is? I do. I, I still have faith in Mike Ford. Uh, if he's hitting tomorrow, if he's starting tomorrow, I'm obviously upset about it because he's not playing well. But I'm not giving up on Mike Ford as a player totally. Definitely not. I think it, I think it's that 2020 bug. If, he, if everybody else was firing on all cylinders and hitting, and he's hitting 140, Sure, but I'm more concerned about Gary Sanchez hitting 140 than I am about Mike Ford hitting. 100%. So in that sense, I'm not giving up on Mike Ford yet for the same reason I'm not giving up on Gary Sanchez yet. Yeah, that's a good point. And I'm not giving up, I'm not giving up on Mike Ford just yet because, again, he did play really well in the beginning of the season, and I know he has the stuff there. Like I said before, he's he's been way too good in the minor leagues and just not good enough for the, for the MLB, so... We know his stuff is there. He's just, I don't know. Again, I think it's I think it's a 2020 bug because he was really impactful in the beginning. But he's just one of those guys where he kind of fits into the that that category of I need you to get hot right now category because yeah. he he can be that impact player where he showed potential, and I know he can come out, and I feel confident enough where he can come out and and be a real impact player for his team. And it's just it's. Depressing to say the least, like I said before, that he hasn't been that guy yet. That's true. But he's also, he doesn't have, like, I think it'd be a different story. Say if, God forbid, knock on wood, say if Voight gets hurt and Mike Ford's playing every day at first base, I think his numbers would bump a bit. He's, yeah, he doesn't really have a place. Like, he's DHing every few days here or there. It's hard to get in a groove uh, when you're doing that. So I guess maybe that's one reason I'd give him the benefit of the doubt. But I'm with you. He's, he's definitely not, hasn't been impressive at all. Yeah. I want to give mine to <laughs> it seems like a cop out to say the whole <laughs> bullpen. Um I guess maybe I'll focus on Adovino just because he gave up I'm pretty sure he gave up six runs in that last inning. Um but the the fact that now all of a sudden we can't go in to the bullpen with a four run lead, three run lead, and actually be confident that we're gonna close it out is horrifying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially when, you know, when you really think about it, we're two weeks from the playoffs like that. Imagine mid September in a full length season and blowing, you know, four games in two weeks Yep. because you're bullpen. That's, that's a huge, huge, huge cause for concern. Um, obviously a few exceptions, the holder, as we mentioned in this, this kid that came up, you, I don't know how to pronounce his name. It starts with the Y you, you're a, or, yeah, I saw yeah, him a, pitch right? day, yeah. He, he's, he's been good in two outings. So, oops. So, I mean, that that's just where the bullpen's at. Yeah. And it sucks because right now and knowing Boone's history, 
I really think that Boone's going to play the, oh, let's rest them card now because we're down by six runs. Because Adovino let up six runs, the rest of the bullpen needs to rest, and this game's over. And that's what really, yeah. that's what really hurts me watching these games because as soon as that happened, normally I'm a very optimistic, pers- optimistic person, like I said before, and I'd be rooting for this team and I want to come back, but... Even if we score three runs right now, I still have a feeling Aaron Boone's going to put in some shitty fucking reliever because he wants to rest them for tomorrow. And that's the same thing that keeps going on where he just keeps playing for tomorrow, not playing for today. And again, I'm not going to shit on Aaron Boone right now because this is not his fault losing 12 to 6, but it's I just have a feeling that if we were to score three runs and come back a little bit, he would play the I'm preparing for tomorrow card and not want to win today card, which is ridiculous. It is. Yeah. Fun fact for you. Actually, definitely not a fun fact. And everybody that watched the game watched this, but seeing it on paper is just a little crazy. Chad Green and Adam Adovino just let up nine runs and got a collective one out. That is absurd. I don't even know how to respond to that. Especially for our two best relievers that aren't closers. Especially for people who we've been hyping up this whole season. <laughs> and yeah. If you listen to a couple episodes ago, and I highly, highly recommend you do. We are just talking about how much we love Chad Green, and he is the soul of our bullpen and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And now today we're talking about him not even being able to get out of an inning. Not yet. Like, no. is it is it the 2020 bug? Is it the whole Yankees team? Is it just one cumulative just, I don't know what, I forgot how to play baseball thing? Is it a, a lack of a leader? What the hell? What's, what is it? I really don't know. It, I feel like it's so many different things that I can't pinpoint one thing that it really is. No, I can't either. It's, it's kind of just the it feels like the wheels are falling off. That's really what it feels like. And that's obviously very dramatic to say. And, yeah. uh, you know, obviously that's not exactly what's happening, but it's what it feels like. Yeah, it's it's not great. Um all right, my uh, well, you got anything for rounding third? Do you want me to go into it first? You can go ahead and do it first because mine was about holder, but we've already kind of touched on that. All right, so my rounding third was kind of related to the pitching aspect of things because I've been all over the place. I've been bl- I, I've been blaming pitchers, I've been blaming hitters, I've been blaming, blaming everybody. Like I said before, I don't know who the hell to blame anymore. I've been just yelling at anybody who wants to listen. But my rounding third right now is. I genuinely don't think that our that I sorry, backtrack a little bit. I think that our rotation needs to be rebuilt around Garrett Cole in order to win a World Series. I I genuinely don't think that we have the tools right now in a starting a starting um sorry rotation to win a World Series. We we like we can again. Talk about how our, our bullpen is shit and all this kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, we need guys who can rack up innings and start the game and pitch five, six, seven, if we're lucky, innings, let up at most two, three runs and get us to that point where the where like the 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 bats can actually produce. Then we can start blaming the bats, right? Right. It's like we, we need we need one of the offense. We need either the offense or, or the pitching staff to actually get to a point where I can say, oh, yeah, it's their fault. Right. I feel right. like I feel like I'm not really at that point yet because the pitching has been horrendous and also the, the hitting has been horrendous. So 
I've been going back and forth, but I, I genuinely think that we need a starting rotation now more than ever because I have I do have confidence in our hitters, and I think that we do have a lot of great hitters. And most of these guys can turn it around. Miguel and Duhar, Gary Sanchez, Gary, uh, sorry, uh, Aaron Judge, Stanton, LeMayhew, Frazier, Voigt, Hicks. On paper, that is a lethal fucking lineup if they're all hitting, right? With you. And we've seen them all hit before. So I know those guys can hit, and I think it's just a 2020 bug where we don't know how to play baseball anymore. But the pitching staff, Garrett Cole, Amazing, right? We know he has stuff. Tanaka, I'm confident in. Severino, always hurt. Paxton, can't throw anymore. Hap, inconsistent, right? Clark Schmidt, hasn't been proven yet. Devin Garcia, had a few few good games, hasn't been proven yet. We, we need to find the rotation that can lead us to a World Series, and right now, I just don't think we have it. And and that's kind of my, my debate topic right now because I, I do think that Looking past the season and hopefully to the playoff, looking past the season and hopefully to the short term, looking to the playoffs, pitching is more more of a factor to me. I know, but no, I don't know, but I don't know. I've been all over the place this episode, but pitching pitching is definitely the the thing that I think in the long term and in the short term is the thing that we need to focus on if we're going to make some moves in the off season or or whatnot. So I'm going to call you safe, and just to embrace the sake of debate more i i guess i'd phrase a question to you in how do you think we physically go about rebuilding the rotation in the bullpen do we do it through the system with the devies and the clarks of the world or do we splurge in free agency or do we deal some people that's a good question i read something today that said um give me one second while i pull it up i took a screenshot on twitter but this guy andrew two W's one M underscore on Twitter said Yankees payroll subtractions subtractions after the season Tanaka 23 million Ellsbury 21 million Hap 17 Paxton 12 LeMayhew 12 Gardner 10 and Carnarcion buyout five Britain 13 totaling a hundred point six four million dollars in payroll subtraction subtractions I can't say that word after the season right Tanaka, I hope we hope we do some sort of deal with him, right? Hap and Paxton, not crazy about. See you later. LeMayhew, blank check, whatever you want. Gardner, see ya, right? Like we what have Britain. What? what about Britain? Britain. I I definitely want to keep him around because I, he's one of those guys where I know he has the stuff. And I think he could have another really good year. I'd, yeah, I'd sign him short term. I'll yeah. But I think just looking at that list right now, again, that list itself and the fact that we're the New York fucking Yankees, we need to sign another, we need to sign a true number two, right? We need to sign a two number two in the rotation. Well, we have a number two. He's just hurt, Sevy. Right. But I, I'm, I'm saying number two, given the fact that, he hopefully comes back to what he was, but I know with those types of injuries, it's always not the like it's it's not, it's not that predictable. So I say number two to say let's go for a number two caliber person, and then hope yeah. that 
him, whoever we sign, and Severino can fight for that number two spot, and then we are settling for a number three spot, hoping that the guy can actually be number two, if that makes sense, right? So I want to go, I want to go for a number two caliber person and then have Severino or that person who have resigned to be the, the, the two, three, and then have gold and have even better. Yeah. That, that creates a three headed monster because we can get somebody that's good enough where it's a legitimate debate between him and Sevy for the number two, then that's going to be a hell of a top three in rotation. And especially if we bring Tanaka back, that's going to be four. And then you got Debbie and Clark. So, right. Two two guys who have been very huge potential, you know? Yeah. And those two guys have, have shown huge potential and, Again, I think our bullpen, our bullpen's there. We we can always adjust that, and I think we've 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 proven that these guys can can be great bullpen arms. But the rotation, man, I just I think it's our yeah. biggest flaw. And it's if we're talking about long term, it's one hundred percent our biggest flaw. It's it's frustrating because we have so many guys that are pretty good, and that you know we got Montgomery in there, Paxton when he's healthy, happy. Honestly, sometimes it's just fine, mm-hmm. but it's just, it, it is kind of a downfall. Like you think, again, Tanaka, Sevi, he's healthy. Herman, who we always seem to forget about because he's, you know, been gone all year. So we got to start getting rid of some of these guys if it's not going to But here's out. the thing, though. Here's the thing. Just, just looking, just hearing what you said right there. It's, we have Garrett Cole, number one, obviously. And then every single person after that, it has a but afterwards, right? Mm-hmm. Severino, but if he's healthy. Tanaka, but if he can be consistent, Hap, but he sucks. Paxton, he sucks too, right? Clark Schmidt, if he can okay. perform. Devi, if he is what he what he if what he can be, right? Every single person Come has on, a but. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah, every single person has a but or an if afterwards, except for Garrett Cole, yeah. right? No, I'm with you. We we can't have that sort of uncertainty in the lineup and a rotation. We need people to. Fucking produce, and that's why our rotation just is our number one priority, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And I just think you know to build a playoff in a, in a World Series winning team is that it starts with starting pitching, and we don't have. We, I mean, at the beginning of this year, we had a top starting pitching, a top bullpen, and a top lineup, but you know, injuries happened, and suddenly we don't have that. So, you know, we got to start from square one, I guess, next year. I hate to start talking about next year already, but. Yeah. Where it's we're not. We're we're still hopeful. We're we're still all that. Do you do you have any more rounding thirds, or we kind of talked about it with with Jonathan Holder? No, we we got around to everything. All right, cool. Let's uh take a quick break. Got to play some bills around here. Keep the lights on. So uh, we'll be back in just a bit. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL. With NFL Sunday TV, you can stream every live out of market. NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. Listen, you've counted on restaurants, but now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contact delivery drop-off setting. 
Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food will be on its way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's Blue Wire for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. All right, let's get into some DMs and voicemails, see what you guys have to say. First one that that I'm looking at right now, we got, um, let's see here. First question that I think we talked about before where we got a bunch of, will the Yankees even make the playoffs? And... That's open to question, but Murphy, what do you got from you there? You know, it's it's <laughs> funny because that's something we would never, ever, ever even have a DM about, ever have a debate about. But, you know, at this point, if things go as they are with Toronto, we're a bubble team, and there's two weeks left in the season. That's just the reality of it. So, yes, I do think the Yankees are going to make the playoffs. Um, it would be – I don't even know what I would do if they didn't because I fully expected to watch the Yankees play deep into October and to not even be able to watch them play one game in October would be horrible. But uh, it's, it's something that's certainly a possibility now. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it's just, it's tough. And I think that it's, it's one of those things where these next two weeks are going to be huge. And at this point, I'm going to say, I have no idea because <laughs> Anything can happen in these next two weeks, but I'm I'm hopeful to say the least. But things need to turn around. Next question comes from CJ. Shout out CJ, big big uh, fan of the pod. Will the benching of Sanchez send him a message that will actually work? I genuinely don't think this is about sending a message because I just don't think. He just looks lost, in my opinion. I've said this for the past four episodes, right? He just genuinely seems lost at the the plate. He's not seeing the ball well. And I don't think this is a matter of sending him a message or anything because I I do think, and I I like to think that he wants to play well, right? Who doesn't want to play well for the Yankees and win a World Series, right? I don't think he's choosing to play poorly. So I don't, it's it's, again, it's like, does he need a break? Or does need more reps? And if you choose the wrong path, he's fucked either way. Right? I'm with you. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Everything what you just said. Yeah. So it's it's just one of those things where it's a tough call. And the right call right now is the unfortunate call of we need to have him continuing to play because one, there's no realistic better option behind the dish. And two he can't get hot at any moment. And I've been saying that for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, but it is the truth where he can get hot at any moment, but we're still waiting for that point. And right now we don't have any more incredible options. I think at the time the playoff comes and <laughs> I don't know, Kratz or Higashiyosha is hitting out of their minds. Maybe we'll throw them in, but it's hard to throw. It's hard to put a, a bat out of the lineup, like Gary Sanchez, even with how poorly he's, he's doing. Yep. We've been down on him, but never know. Yeah. 
a lot, a lot of questions, a, a lot of questions about Garrett Sanchez. But this question comes from Jay Chuck on. I definitely butchered that, but do you guys think Labor will be back to his old self in time for the playoffs? Yeah, I, I I'm not really too worried about Glaber to be honest with you. Uh, and Murph, I want to hear your thoughts about this, but I'm not really worried. I think Glaber was hurt, and yeah, beginning of the season he wasn't playing amazing, but he did get hot before he got hurt. And Glaber's one of those guys where I I don't think he's had too many crazy, crazy, crazy downs and crazy, crazy, crazy ups. You know, he's not like a Gary Sanchez who goes off for two weeks and then sucks for the next four months, right? He He's mm-hmm. one of those guys who is, who is usually very consistent. And I think once he gets to that point of being consistent, he's going to stay that way. So I'm not too worried about Glaber. And I think definitely by the time playoffs comes around and he has some more reps and he, he's going to be fine. I'm with you. Um, Long term, definitely not worried about it. Although... I don't know if I'm seeing the same flavor this year <clears throat> as I saw last Definitely year. Definitely different. And I'm not quite sure if it's going to be the same flavor in the playoffs. So, you know, I hope I'm wrong. But I, I, my expectations, at least for Glaber going into the playoffs, assuming we make the playoffs, is you know not that high. Don't not expecting to do terribly, but I'm not expecting him to hit 350 throughout the whole month of October or anything like that. Yeah. Another question comes from us from from a different CJ. A lot, of CJs, a lot of CJs around here. Does Boone get a pass for this season and brought back? Or do the Yankees look for a new skipper? I love the word skipper. I think that's a really cool name for, for MLB coaches. Murph, what do you think? Definitely not going to get canned. Uh, I wouldn't give him a pass either. Uh, I don't know if we re-sign him or look elsewhere. I really don't know. I think kind of the jury's out, and um, I definitely don't think it's a past season. I'll say that much. Yeah, I think the season, more than any other season, is tough to make a call. I think I brought it up because Boone's under contract until 2021, or he has an option for 2021, play um, contract options so the Yankees can pick him up or they don't want to pick him up for for 2021 season. But I, I don't think this season is a fair assumption of how he is as a manager and i've sh- i've shit on him a lot and we've all kind of shit on him a lot and he does deserve some of that shit but not all the shit if that makes sense <laughs> like totally he sense. he definitely deserves some of it for his poor decision making and i sound like a broken record but not all of it is his is his fault a lot of it is the guy's fault of not pitching well and not hitting well and getting in their own heads and just not having leaders in the in the 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 uh, the clubhouse, but that also kind of comes with Boone too, right? Making poor decisions and and bringing people in, bad pinch hit, DH rolls. Maybe you know the manager has the power to even just nudge a guy to be that leader, right? You sure. you could go up to a Luke Voigt and just say, "Hey, man, like let's, let's get these guys up a little bit, right? Whole team, like, you can you can be that that kind of like that puppeteer almost." kind of finding the guy to then be the leader if someone's not being there already, right? If you're seeing that kind of downplay in the clubhouse, just nudge a guy, right? Like, you don't have to give it all to the the players to take it amongst themselves and 
figure out how to play better. They need someone to look up look, look up to. And I think that's why CC Sabathia was so huge last season because he was automatically Absolutely. that guy, right? And Gardner, Absolutely. if Gardner was playing a little bit better, I think he would also be that guy too. Maybe he is, but he, you know, I don't see it. And again, I think the short answer is I I want to blame Boone. He's the easy person to blame, but this is the entire organization to blame right now, and it sucks to say. Absolutely with you. Yeah. 100%. What else we got Top here? With the recent draft picks, do the Yankees keep Gary as our catcher beyond 2021? Listen, that's that's such a loaded question. I, I do have faith in Gary. <laughs> I just think... I just really think he's having just a, an awful season, and that's my optimistic take on all that. That all strictly depends on how well he does next year. Yeah, yeah. that's the only factor. Yeah, this is a good voicemail we got. I'm gonna trans- transition to voicemails, but if you guys have questions that you want to talk or questions or topics, anything like that, please send us DMs every Sunday and. Sorry, every Monday and, and Thursday night. Send us DMs. We'll be talking about them on the podcast next day. Here's a uh, a voice note we got. Hey, what's up, guys? Um, I appreciate. It. I love watching your stuff. My name is CJ. I'm a big fan of the show. Uh, Hello, so CJ. Some things I have to like mention here is it just kind of looks bad now, considering we didn't re-sign Romine and Gregorius, considering both of them are having great seasons elsewhere. And if we had those bats in the lineup, it could have made a huge difference in situations like this. But you can't you can't predict that if we didn't if we signed them anyway. But the offense just needs to wake up, man. Like I don't know what it is. And Boone goes out and says we're all pissed off. The fans are pissed off. The players don't look like they're pissed off. I mean, it sounds like they are, but they don't look like that. This team looks lifeless on the field, and they look dead. They they just look dead. Like, I don't understand how lifeless you could look in huge games like this, and now we're only two games above 500, and we got knocked down a third. I mean, it's it's truly disgraceful. I mean, I'd like to see your, what you guys have to say about this, but yeah, it's truly awful. And one last thing here. It, it's it's tough to, to tough to talk about because he, he brought up a good point of Romine and Didi. I think that was that was one of the the big takeaways I got from that one. It's 2020 vision, man. I mean, hindsight is 2020. You, you say you want to get rid of these guys and they have great seasons. It's, it's tough to say, oh, they're having a great season now. We should have resigned them, right? It's, can't predict that. It, you can't predict that. It, it's so tough. But the, I, I, here's the thing. I'll say it. I think Romine was more valuable than DD. I think he was more of a, a better person to resign. If we, if, if we had sure someone to resign, then I'd, I'd pick Romine. No, I'm with you. And it's last year I, I was kind of thinking and saying the same thing where like I it wasn't so much that I thought we should re-sign Romine because he was gonna get starter money wherever he went and he is getting that in Detroit. And he, we weren't gonna pay him that, it wouldn't have made sense. But like in a perfect world, we would have been able to bring back um Romine last year and he would have been invaluable this year, uh, given how Gary's been playing. So yeah, hindsight. Yeah. Hindsight twenty twenty. The thing about Didi was, I think every single Yankee fan on the face of this earth loved Didi with all of our heart. I was one of them. 
I had a DD jersey. I had a DD cup mm-hmm. that I still drink out of every day. <laughs> like, I, 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 I didn't care actually, believe it or not. I think we had the same cup. I think we've gone over this. But I, yeah. I, I love DD. Everyone loves DD, but there was just no smile for him. That's the, that's the shitty part. And we keep talking about, oh, we would have moved LeMayhew to first. But look who's the star player right now, Luke Foyt. And he's playing first right now, right? So it's so hard to say that one re-signing could change this whole thing. But with the depth of this lineup, there are just so so many moving parts that it's tough to say, oh, if we did this one thing, we would have worked out and and everything would have been great, right? All right, let's listen to one more voicemail and then let's wrap this up. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, huge fan of the pod. I think you guys are great. Have a lot of insights. Just wanted to let, just wanted to see what you guys thought of uh, of Gary. I'm I'm pretty much off the Gary train at this point. I mean, I know what he showed in his rookie year and the first month he came up. He was like an absolute monster. And I don't know. It just seems like the league has kind of figured him out, and he's not he's not really. He's not really the player I think the Yankees really thought he was going to be. I mean, not to mention his defensive stuff. Yeah, he's improved, but he's definitely not like top of the league at that standpoint. And, you know, I, I was just wondering with, you know, with the Yanks, like, you know, how they're doing right now recently and the, the skit that they're getting into. I just really feel like Cash needs to kind of shake things up. You know, I understand that the way the team's built, you know, you're never going to get rid of Stanton because he's on the team and you can't, you can't find a trade suitor of him, but, I feel like they should take some calls on Gary. I mean, I know. Gary. It's tough. I mean, I think the one, the one great thing that was mentioned there was that Gary is the whole league. kind of figured out what Gary is up to. That was interesting because the way I look at it and the way I watch games, right. It's sort of like, I Gary Sanchez gets up. I go get a drink, get some water, get a beer, come back. O2 count against Gary Sanchez, ball in the dirt or fastball up high, strike 3. Right? Right. I mean, I am I am a a person who you know, outside looking in the TV like I said before in this episode and I'm watching these guys play and I can predict that's going to be a curveball in the dirt or a high fastball, and the guy hitting at the plate who's in the situation can't predict that. That's astonishing to me. He's he again. He just he's just swinging for he's just swinging to swing in my opinion. And the league maybe has figured him out, and maybe that fucking sucks because they know exactly what pitch to throw to him. And I just think he hasn't made any adjustments. Couldn't agree more. It. it I'm I'm honestly getting sick of even talking about him. We, there's nothing we can do, nothing yeah. we can say. But <laughs> in short, the the Yankees need to pick it up these next couple of games. We need to win. We have the series against the Blue Jays, and then we go back to Baltimore. So yep. we have let's see here. We have one, two, three, f- four, five. Six six games in a row, and then we have an off day, and I believe Monday's that's, off. Yeah, and that's our last off day for the rest of the season, I believe. Then back to Toronto. Then back. To, or they're coming to us. Yeah, and then back to play in Toronto. So these next six games, in my opinion, they're all they're all must wins. We need to get yeah. hot. We need to go into the playoffs firing. 
there are literally no more excuses. We if we don't come out and win at least four of these six games, I don't know what to say. It's the only chance we have at all is to get piping hot going into the playoffs, and that's going to have to start now, right now, right now, tomorrow. Absolutely, tomorrow, tomorrow, or while guys listening. So this is today. We need to get hot. We need to win the next five or six games in a row. Take a break. Come back. Go on another hot streak. And win these games. I, I was saying it before to Torella off the air, but the, right now our Blue Jay, the Blue Jays are our our biggest competitor, which is crazy to say. But the Toronto Blue Jays are the biggest threat in our way right now. Forget the Rays. I honestly think that they're going to win win the division. As shitty as that sounds, I'll say it. Whatever. No, they're going to win the division. But the the Blue Jays are our biggest threat. Our biggest threat right now. We need to beat them. We need to. We. I can't rely on a wild card spot. We need to beat them in the in the division. We need to get them to get the number two spot because I don't feel comfortable playing the Rays in the fucking first round because they scare me to be honest because they they kill us. With you. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What, well, a, what a good venting episode. That yeah, was. I know. That was just like I just feel like I was just yelling at just yelling at everybody for a long time. But that's what we're here for. If you guys want to vent, please send us voicemails. I didn't get to everybody today. I might have cut a few of you short, but please send them. Love listening to them. Love trying to play them on the podcast. So if we didn't get to them already, you know, love, uh, love all the feedback. If you are listening right now, just take two minutes to go ahead and leave us a review. It really means a lot to us. And uh, let's, uh, let's go Yanks, you know? Let's go Yanks. Hopefully next time we'll have something good to talk about. Yep. All right, everybody. Catch you later. See ya. The wait is finally over, and football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on all the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure that you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can still get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Thanks, Gary, for listening, everybody. Let's go, Yangs. Please review one more time. Really appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you, everybody coming back here listening on the Friday, right? All right. Thanks, everybody, and we'll, we'll catch you later. Hey, yo, I'm going to be on Tidak. That's how my eyes can see. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been laying, waiting for your next mistake. I put in work and watch my status escalate. Now I'ma start collecting props, connecting plots, networking like a conference. Cause the nonsense is yet to stop. Jake, shake me down. Haters wanna take me down, break me down, clap. All they heard was a sound. Yo, I scoped it out. I took your weak dream and choked it out. Your bitch don't really got no ass. She just poked it out on the D Lo. I'm saying you versus me, yo. We can do this shit right here in front of your people. See time is money, kid, and BS walks. And to me, it's funny, kid, when you meet heads talk. I see fans talk.